Hey, this is Caleb the Nurse. Thanks for tuning in today. Follow us on Spotify. Go to Spotify and simply type in The Millionaire Nurse. Click follow and you'll get notified each and every time we publish. See you next shift. Sure. Um, How's work for you right now? Are you pretty swamped with patients and all sorts of stuff? Um, you know what? They're, they're just preparing for the, the, the foot to drop, but the foot has not dropped yet. That's good. So, or ball, or I don't know the right metaphor. But um, we're just on high alert, I would say. Mm-hmm. We're canceling all of our elective cases. We are um, analyzing resources, labor pools. They're just ready, but you know, the wave has not happened yet. So. That's good. Hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, so. hopefully it doesn't. This will all be a funny memory. Once. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's ideal. Um, but yeah. What what is so? What did you what did you want to pick my brain on as far as like lending goes and everything? Just my take on what's going on in the market or. Like, well, here's what, my here's here's my angle. My podcast is the Millionaire Nurse, and it's habits, and it's basically analyzing, trying to answer the question: What are the habits of a high-performing successfulness. So that's a successful nurse financially. That's a successful nurse professionally. That's a nurse. Um, it's empowering nurses to be financially literate. Uh, it's empowering nurses who are interested in taking their nursing skills and abilities um, and applying them in the marketplace, maybe entrepreneurial venture. Like what I'm doing, I feel like a lot of my interpersonal skills have been honed as a nurse, and I can apply those now in business. So I really want to inspire and empower nurses to, um, if, if they want to do something besides nursing, that's okay. They can do that. Nursing is something that they do. It's not necessarily who they are. So That makes sense. So, you know, you're you know, kind of hearing you talk, just our, our, our brief conversation last week, and you're like, this is nuts right now. And I thought, well, hey, you know, nurses have this um, a little bit of installation from this type of economic downturn um, just by nature of what we do. And so a successful nurse, a high performing nurse would look at this as an opportunity to make some financial gains. So what's one way you can do that? That would be like increase your expenses, a.k.a. refinance your mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. So my thought is... and then secondary, like, how can we get you some leads and create a win-win? Like, why don't I interview you with some sort of, you create some sort of offer or call to action or, you know, a free nurse-friendly download sheet or something, I don't know, um, that you can use for lead generation to get people, to get nurses on the phone talking to you about refine. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so a couple things. Uh, first of all, refis right now are extremely subjective. So what I mean by that is the market is changing so rapidly, and I mean in, insanely rapidly, that Monday rates were at 3.25 on a 30-year fix. Today, they're at 4.75. So what we were talking about before doesn't really apply, but that doesn't mean it won't come back around. Um, it, it's, it, the, the economic swings right now are so harsh and so sharp that it's very difficult to understand 
what exactly is going to come from all this and where we're going. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's not just about mortgages really that, I mean, that, that's, a, that's part of it, but it, it's really about the bigger picture with the economy. Like where are we going? Like what's going to happen? And it, it's a little, it's a little scary. Um, my opinion, we are literally hanging by a thread, literally. And, um, it's, uh, it's obviously a little it's troublesome. You know, you and I both have families. I actually tried to do a refi for your brother yesterday. Didn't, weren't, weren't right there yet. We got some work to do, but. Um, okay. Maybe but that's why he called me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wasn't sure if you would refer him over to me or, or what was going on. But yeah, it was a little random to hear from Kenny. But I mean, I haven't literally, I've not talked to him. I mean, since in like 30 years. So yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. That's but, funny because he's not 30 years old. But I hear what you're saying. Well, I don't think that I've ever talked to him. So there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, listen, man, right now, um, when, when rates come back around, because they went back up today, but there's no telling what tomorrow morning is going to bring. Um, if people are in a position where they can refinance their home, they have an opportunity to save a ton of money. I mean, just an absurd amount of money. Um, I, did, I did a refi for a guy. On Monday, he's saving $650 off his just mortgage payment. I mean, for most people, that's, that's a huge drop. And then he's missing two months of mortgage payments in the process. You know, so you, so you look at that kind of stuff, and that's just that's humongous. Absolutely huge. So I just, um, if, if I get on, I mean, the incentives, I can offer like a $500 incentive, um, you know, people that, that want to move forward. But really, the incentive is more than that. It's, it's an opportunity to set yourself up with a, with a loan that you might not ever need to touch again and, and put you in a position where you can refinance and just, just go about it and not think about it. Um, you know, how fast it's going to come back. I have no idea. You know, it, it really, it depends on a bazillion different factors. Sure. Um, but ultimately it's more about where the bond market's going than the stock market. If the bond market gets better, uh, meaning there's more money involved in it, then yeah, rates get better. But if it doesn't, then we're going to be up around four and a half, four point seven five for a while. Okay. Um, but if that's if that's occurring, that also means the stock market's coming down, coming back, which means our economy is going to improve again. Um, the last two weeks have been the biggest anomaly I've ever seen, and I've studied this stuff pretty intensely. Um, it's just it's just mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. Um, the public reaction is worse than the actual virus itself. And, and that, that's, that's the hard part to this for people to grasp is like, listen, 90% of the population, if you get this, you're going to make it, you're not going to die. But that 10%, yeah, that sucks. You know, elderly people with weakened immune systems, people are more susceptible to respiratory infections, like that kind of stuff. That's scary. Nobody wants that. And I don't want to get it and, you know, not know I have it and give it to my neighbor and then she dies. Like that would suck. Like I'd feel horrible about that. But like, at the same time, though, you got to keep things in perspective. That's to be said of just about any virus out there that would attack on a similar platform. The only difference is this one is being so widely broadcast by the media that people are taking an Armageddon approach to life, and it's inappropriate given the, the virus itself. And, yeah. And Henry, what? 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 Do you agree or disagree with my point, Henry? My, Speak your mind, child. My one and a half year old, I think, drastically disagrees with my outlook on this, which is ironic because he can't talk. Um, 
So, so yeah, listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse like you, but I am rational enough to do some research and some credible sources and know enough people to, to ask the right questions. To me, it doesn't really seem like we should really be worried about it all that much. It seems like the people that should be worried about it are the people that are like the typical people that would be worried about it. So I'm, I'm missing something here. Or maybe I'm getting it and it's just everyone else is missing something. I don't know. It's hard to sort out the hype from the facts. It's, um, there's just a lot of information going around misinformation, well-meaning information, opinions. Um, in terms of the virus itself, it's not quite as, the way I understand it, it's not quite as virulent as other viruses, meaning it's not quite as deadly. But I think the problem is because the transmission is so widespread and fast, um, just the way it kind of coursed through China. But then again, mm -hmm. I, don't know if you can, I don't know if you can compare China or Italy to America, are we doing apples to apples, apples to grapes? Because it's a completely different society structure, the way people are so close and commingled together. I mean, there's elements of that in our big cities and whatnot, but you know, America, it's, you know, it's the land of the free. There's a little more room to roam. So I don't know, I don't know if the same uh, circumstances would produce the same results in America. So I don't know, there's a, there's a lot going on and, um, I guess I just really wanted to get you on the phone for your perspective on how a forward-thinking person who recognizes that this too shall pass, like so many other things our country's encountered, how can um, they position themselves for success when this, not, not to benefit, because uh, that sounds selfish, but to benefit uh, really from this <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, no, I know you're, you're, you're phrasing the right term. So it is to benefit. So here's the thing. When people are scared, get bold. When people are running, run the other direction. When people are like, when the masses are doing one thing because they're reacting to something, react in a different form. Use your fucking brain. It's probably the best way I can say it because, because there is an opportunity to put yourself in a position financially both with the stock market and with the bond market, bond market being mortgage-backed securities, um, that you can come out the other side of this weird little blurp in the world that we have significantly better than when you were before. I mean, shit, if the Dow's down 30,000 points, buy stock like crazy. Yeah, people are not going to stop drinking Coca-Cola, eating at McDonald's, going to Walmart, buying crap on Amazon, buying uh, watches or buying, you know, steel, Bethlehem steel. This, the demand for, you know, like blue chip stuff for sure, technology, it, it's not going to go anywhere. It's, no, it's just, the, it's, the, it's, it, it, it's what it is, is it is a, is a public perception of a very unique portion of time and how they're reacting to it will will ultimately dictate the outcome. How you deal with this in these moments financially can shape you for the next five or six years if you're smart about it. And it's okay to want to benefit during these times to put yourself in a position where your family and you can come out on top. As that plays into a refinance, um, listen, if you have an opportunity to move from the fours to the twos, you have to do it. You just have to. It's a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer decision. What because, would that look like over time in terms of money saved? Um, I mean, 
think of it like this. If you have a position to reset your loan that you were paying four and a half percent on, which is kind of where the average mortgage rate is, and you can pay 2.75 on that, depending on where your balance is, right? And where your overall um, payments are, that could sometimes be, you know, 150 to 350 to $500 a month times that by 30 years. That's a lot of freaking money. And not right. just that, it's, it's interest paid. So the way amortization schedules work is it's front loaded with interest. So their first five to six years of the mortgage, you're paying nothing but interest on that. But if you're paying it at a two and two and a half, two point seven five percent click versus four versus five, six, man, you have an opportunity to significantly increase your equity position over the course of that time. Um, the Hold housing on, Jared, market. Jared. Hold on, because I'm going to use this for the interview because this is gold. Sorry. Uh, yeah, just no. Define amortization schedule to the untrained ear. Okay, so an amortization schedule, all that is, is just a set amount of time that you're financing it. So it could be one year, could be 30 years, doesn't matter. But basically what happens as an amortization schedule is you have a set fixed interest rate and you have a principal and interest payment that's established with that. So as, the typical way it works is if it's a short amortization, you're gonna pay equal parts interest and principal, but on a 30 year mortgage, it's, it's come, it's dramatically front loaded where you're paying a lot more interest up front. And then as time goes on, you pay more and more and more principal, which eats away the balance. What's happening when interest rates come down is that interest that you're front loading gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So even if your payments are only going down a couple hundred bucks a month, the amount of interest you're paying is also going down. So you're essentially beating the bank in a lot of different ways so that you're paying a lot less towards interest on a monthly basis than you normally would, which is huge because that means down the road, if you want to sell your home, you want to take equity out and pay off some bills, whatever, you have more of a position to do it than you ever had really in history. And, and it puts people in such an advantageous spot. Um, you know, as it, as it pertains for nurses specifically, you know, your job is not to study the market. You know, your, your job is to make sure people aren't dying, <laughs> you know? Um, and and, it, and it's a tough job. It's hard. It's very demanding, long hours, and you're around sick people, and you're compromised your health, too, and you're putting yourself out there. And that's, that's scary, especially in times like this where we have a pandemic on our hands. So my advice to folks in your profession is get with somebody you know and trust um, as far as mortgages go. The market is volatile. It changes hourly, daily. So right now, literally, the, like I said before, the rates this morning were 3.375 on a 30-year fix. Right now, they're 4.75. Tomorrow morning, I have no idea what they're going to be. And so I'm that's really a one-point a, a one swing in the course of the day? More than that, yeah. Um, and, and I have absolutely no idea what it's going to be tomorrow. And I'm really good at predicting this stuff. Like, not to toot my own horn, but really, really damn good at it. Like Bobby and, Fischer chess. <laughs> wouldn't go that far, but I've managed to be probably 98% accurate in far as market trends. And I've even adjusted my career path based on what I predicted and been right about it. So like it's, you're like I don't the know. Almanac, you're like the almanac from back to the future too. Yeah, not, not that good. But okay. um, <laughs> what I will say is, is you just, you do your diligence, you study the market, just like you would in nursing, you do your diligence, you study stuff like ha what happens with the, you know, with this, with this strain of the coronavirus. And I say it like that because there's other coronaviruses out there. People don't know about, but it's a whole other topic, but you study this strain of the coronavirus, right? As a nurse, so you know what to expect. Okay. 
we need X amount of beds. This is affecting this percentile of people. These are the symptoms. This is what we're looking for. If it looks like it's critical enough, we need to quarantine this, pe this person, right? So very similar in the financial world. This, these are the symptoms of a healthy market. This is what we're looking for. If it gets significant enough, we need to lock an interest rate in to guarantee those funds so that we can guarantee your mortgage. Very similar kind of approach to it right now because it's a day by day, hour by hour kind of assessment of where we're at. In a normal market, it doesn't work like that. Normal market, yeah. you can project out two or three weeks and feel fine about it and go to bed sleeping at night. I've been working pretty much 17 hours a day since Monday. <laughs> and uh, it's been nonstop. A uh, lot of whiskey and a lot of, lot of food at the desk and just a lot of craziness in between. And, you know, I probably need a shower and a shave a little bit, but you know, it's, probably. it's just, it's nonstop, man. And, and I mean, it, to give you an idea, typical month production for me is anywhere between, I'd say two and a half to 3 million in revenue. And I've done that in the last two days, not counting last week. I don't even, I don't even have a clue what my number is up to as far as my pipeline goes. Just seven, I haven't even time to look at it. Um, well, Jared, so, you're, busy, you're a busy guy. It's crazy, man. I, I want to give nurses an opportunity who would like to talk to you or someone on your team, just not to sell them anything, but just kind of be a resource uh, and help yeah. them navigate this water. Um, uh, there's going to be a, a link down below where I post this, but uh, what, what's a website or a way they can reach out to you? Just my, uh, here's my cell phone, man. It's 503-826-6737. Shoot me a text message. Send me Say a, that again. 503-826-6737. It's my personal cell phone. I don't care who it is. Say you heard, heard this from Caleb. We'll schedule a time. We can sit down and look at your specific situation and how that relates to the market. And I'll give you a recommendation on what I think you should or should not do. Um, and, and I'll be candid. There are some people that I've worked with. doesn't make sense for them to move forward. And, and, I, and I'm, I'll be blunt with them. Listen, stay put. You're in the best spot you can be. You know, buy food, buy water, buy guns, buy ammo, buy whiskey, go hunker down in your home. Um, but for the people that we can move forward with, I'll explain exactly what you need to do, the next steps, and I'll just hold your hand through it. It's really simple. Now, all this market volatility, say, I'm just spitballing here, say the market today, the rates are 4.75, right? Does it still make sense for someone to kind of get all their paperwork in order so when that swing hits that you can pull the trigger? Yes. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, that's what I've been preparing most people for today since it doesn't make sense to refi, right? Be prepared. Um, last week, we saw a very similar trend happen. So the market opened, rates were super, 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 super crazy low, right? So we're talking the ninth. By Wednesday the 11th, they were all gone. Almost exact same pattern happened last week that's happening this week. So that would lead me to believe if, if trends continue, Next week might be there. So there's a lot for them to get into. To get an application in, I need credit, income, assets, and I need to run a diagnosis against and just see where we're at. If I can do all those things, then basically give me the, the trust and faith that I got your best interest in mind, and then I can just go and when the market changes, lock, 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 lock. Um, click, click, boom. Yep, it, and, it, and it's that crazy. The way I look at it, and just so people understand the way locking interest rates go and how it works, so... When you lock a rate, let's say you have a $400,000 mortgage, okay? You're not actually locking an interest rate. What you're doing is you're freezing time at that rate and that price. 
So no matter where the market goes, essentially we've guaranteed $400,000 at X interest rate, if that makes sense. So if we already have a lot of the stuff in place to be able to execute that log, we can work out the details after the fact, but at least you've guaranteed that we can secure that rate. And in a volatile market like that, that's huge. Um, but you have to be prepared for it. And you have to do the, the due diligence and the homework up front to do that. And I'd be more than happy to spend as much time as it takes with anyone that listens to this to go through that with them to make sure that this is the right move for them. I told a few of my nurse friends, I said, I'm going to be talking to my friend Jared, the mortgage guy. Like, I don't have a mortgage. I'm trying to position myself to be ready to buy a house. So I wish you and I were having this conversation, but for the benefit of people listening, um, I talked to some nurse friends, like, what are some questions that are relevant to nurses thinking about refinancing, uh, financing, whatever. And uh, the question of closing costs came up a few times. Could you give a little insight on how closing costs work? Um, yeah, so, so closing costs are a combination of a few different factors. One, you have what's called escrows. So escrows are a, is a fund set aside with a title company that essentially allows you to make sure that your mortgage um, insurance, if you have it, is paid correctly. Um, your taxes for your property are paid correctly and then your property insurance in and of itself is paid correctly. So a portion of your monthly payment. Yes, Henry, I know you're excited about escrows and impounds. It's so, so riveting. Um, sorry, that would be my one-year-old here wondering why Mickey is not playing on Disney Plus right now, which is a good question. Pause one second here. Um, when it comes to... to to impounds, typically what we look at is we set aside two to three months to start a new escrow account. Reason why you need a new escrow account is when you buy your home or you did your last refinance, there was an account that was open on your behalf that would basically make sure that all your taxes and your insurance are paid on time. Uh, that way it doesn't lapse. So a portion of your monthly payment goes into there. So the initial cost of that, we're gonna set aside usually two to three months per, so of taxes and insurance and we set it aside in an account, okay? Um, the next phase is lender costs. $13.95 is what it costs to work with us. It's pretty cheap. Um, and then any title costs that are incurred from that. And what I'm seeing for California, generally you're anywhere between 26 to 3,500 bucks, somewhere in there. So that's a roundabout figure. And then a cost to acquire the interest rate. So some people call this paying points. I call it a cost to acquire the rate because nothing comes for free. So if you want the best rate that's out there, you're going to have to pay the feds for it. It's just the way it goes. Um, so what we look at, and just this is, this is my secret sauce, so take it for what it is. What you do is, is you look at your monthly savings, you divide it by your net costs. And what I mean by that is you look at what you're spending on the refinance, deduct your escrow refund that's coming back from your old loan, because when you close out your old escrow account, you get it back. And then more than likely, you're gonna miss two payments if you're working with a loan officer that knows what they're doing. So deduct two payments from that big, big number. And then that net difference is what you divide by your monthly savings. And the factor that you get after that is months that it takes to recoup it. Generally speaking, if it's less than 48 months, it makes a lot of sense to do a refinance. If you don't wanna to have to do all that math and you want me to do it, because I've been doing this for 17 years, give me a call. <laughs> so, and I'll that tell number, you, I'll, Jared, I'll, what was that I'll number tell you again? if it makes sense. 503-826-6737. Well, 
Awesome, Jared. Uh, you know what? Thanks for taking the time. Uh, thank you for neglecting your children on our behalf. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, listen, I'm, I'm here to help. This is some wild times. And I know when people are worried about their health, sometimes finances takes a little bit of a backseat, as it should. But again, if you have an opportunity in this environment, yes, Henry, get excited. People can save money. And it's great. Um, if you, sorry, it's my kid, Henry. Um, if you have an opportunity to save your family a lot of money, miss a couple mortgage payments in the mix and have some freed up cash flow while you're worried about what's going to happen in the world, makes a ton of sense to look at. Um, and if it doesn't, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, do not do anything. Stay put. So, little anecdote go. about Jared and I, I've known Jared, uh, we were in middle school. Uh, we got in a middle school scuffle and I broke his nose. I've apologized to Jared since then. <laughs> Our dads used to work together. Like, Jared and I go way back. So I wouldn't bring anybody on this show who I didn't know, like, and trust, or at least believed in. And um, I just, Jared is as real and genuine as they come. And uh, just a few, two anecdotes, and then I'll let you go, Jared. Um, one of my favorite entrepreneurial stories was after the, uh, I forget which one it was, but there was a, a great earthquake and fire in San Francisco in the early 1900s, late 1800s. Um, and the guy who started Bank of America um, literally took a barrel, got some cash, and in front of, I don't know if he had a bank already or whatever, but um, he just started making loans over a barrel with handshake deals right after that disaster. And that helped rebuild San Francisco. And that company became known as Bank of America. So he, I, he knew how to I didn't take, know, I didn't know that story. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, so Google the specifics. I forget the exact details, but that's just the, the founder of Bank of America built that based on, in response to um, giving loans out after that great San Francisco earthquake and fire. And wow. it just it just shows you that if you want to be successful, like you said, when everybody's running one direction, you need to, you know, make sure that there isn't an actual, you know, abyss that's going to swallow you, but you know, run in the other direction, <laughs> use wisdom, but don't necessarily follow the herd wisdom. Yeah. Like when in 2008, when the economy took a dump, Warren Buffett was buying stocks like a madman. And I bet him and his team are buying stocks like a madman right now because uh, yeah. ab ab absolutely. The sky is not falling folks. This is, this is just, it's all about perception. And, and the perception right now is, oh, my God, everyone's dying. No one's dying, really. I mean, percentage-wise, you're more likely to die from getting hit by a bus quarantining your home than you are from this virus. So be smart, be intelligent, use wisdom, use discernment, make your own decisions. But there's opportunity in chaos. It's probably the best way to say it. Like, there yeah. really, really is. And if you're smart about it and if you've taken the time to listen to this, it means that you're paying attention. Be wise about what your next moves are going to be. Jared, thanks for coming on the show. I know this was Absolutely. like an impromptu thing, but yeah. it, it was real. It was raw. And yeah, um, none of this was scripted. So um, one more time, if you want to talk to Jared, his number is 503-826-6737. Text me, call me, hit me up. I'll be happy to chat with you, and we'll figure out if this makes sense for you. And if you're a night shift nurse, call him at like 2 in the morning. He would really love that. Yeah, that'd he, be great. You can talk to my voicemail, and uh, my voicemail is a really good listener. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much. <laughs> Anytime, brother. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.